Hey, just want to say, quick disclaimer, we are not theologians, pastors, religious teachers, or in any way an authority of the Bible, just average Christians having a great time talking about the Bible with our friends. Potluck was created to encourage food for thought and to help open up a conversation about major and minor topics from the Bible. We strongly encourage all audience members to conduct their own research as statements presented are largely opinion-based as well as biblically backed. Us here at Potluck wish you a great day and please come enjoy the Potluck. Welcome to Potluck, the podcast where we bring our different dishes of conversation and perspective to the table. This podcast focuses on a casual conversation about God through personal stories and experiences. We hope that these conversations help in understanding the Bible, God, and each other. We're glad that you've decided to join our conversation. So... This is Danila again. Um, I was just in the intro um, explaining what podcast is about, but I also wanted to explain that this is our very first ever podcast. We we did film or record one other podcast. It was two of my um, two other of my friends and myself, and that was back when we were doing a whole other concept and idea for the podcast. So this is our first ever podcast for this idea of just talking with a casual conversation. It takes a while for us to get to a point where we're able to feel comfortable. Maybe by like the third or fourth podcast, we start getting a structure later on in our podcast form as well. So um, come for the ride of us trying to figure out how to podcast and how to talk about God. But please check our description in our podcast. Hopefully that will have all the information you may need that I have added in later to kind of make sure that people know what we're talking about. (laughs) So please enjoy this podcast of our very first ever podcast for Potluck the Podcast. Okay, so what do we want to talk about today? (laughs) Okay, so I can just start since I already had an idea. Danielle and I talked about this today, but don't, it doesn't have to stop here. Like everybody else can have ideas too. But just to get the ball rolling, um, I was I was trying to think about like what I'm um, doing in my personal worships and whatnot, and I've been reading a lot of patriarchs and prophets, um, and that focuses obviously on the Old Testament. Um, and so recently, I've I've been feeling like um, I've been having a hard time figuring out what to say when I try to pray to God like it's been an interesting problem to have because normally I feel like oh you can just like say whatever you want to God and then I realized today that I think a part of that reason is because I've been reading so much of like patriarchs and prophets and I've been focusing on like um like the the God of the Old, Old Testament which is the same God obviously as the New Testament and like he's the same he was the same he is the same he will always be the same um and it's just different like parts of his character but we see a lot of like his discipline and his strictness and his harshness in the old testament especially with the israelites and so being so immersed in like reading about god in that way i feel like it's almost made it harder for me to feel like i can just like casually pray to him um so i don't know we could talk about like how we see god how we um kind of see him as a whole with what we see of him in the old testament and what we see of him in the new testament um 
that was just, that's something that's been on my mind recently. And maybe that's an idea that we could talk about. So um, I, I kind of view it like this, right? So back in the Old Testament, God was seen as like this guy up in heaven and kind of like the big old guy who judges you, right? But when it, when it moves into the New Testament, you're presented with this idea of Jesus, who is this personal God who came down to earth and sees you on a one-on-one -on -one basis. But when you look at it, like from the perspective of the Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus are all the same person. So at this point, um, I think it's important to know that God has opened this kind of personal connection to you. So even though looking back into the Old Testament and viewing like the actions of God and and the stuff that went on and kind of like having this nervousness to approach God in prayer with almost kind of personal um, like conversation. I feel like if you look at it from the perspective of Jesus, like you're praying to Jesus and God at the same time. And Jesus is here to connect with you on a personal level and be your friend. So I think that's an important thing to consider when, when thinking about that. Here's something I want to know. Do you guys think like the Israelites prayed to God? Because I was thinking about like prayer because prayer is like a topic that's, talked about pretty frequently in the new testament but like personal like prayer with god i it isn't talked about in at least the early part of the old testament like there are lots of instances where people prayed like daniel um and then like basically the whole book of psalms is like a prayer to god but you don't you don't ever hear about like the israelites specifically one-on-one -on -one praying so do you think god to them was like this big like guy that like delano described like this like just big, this big guy that you yeah that you like you hear <laughs> you hear him talking through moses or you like maybe he talks to you like every now and then but like it's not this personal relationship or do you think they had the opportunity to also have that personal relationship with god like in the uh, israelites I, when i think of the israelites and this is the part of me that like this is like the the 10 year old daniel thinking about like being described the old testament in vacation bible school and stuff like that where they were telling me like oh yeah like you know the israelites saw a giant tornado of fire and yeah. just saw the sea split in half and then had the absolute audacity <laughs> later on to be like worship a golden calf <laughs> real. hear me out hear me out guys a golden calf <laughs> i literally said that i was like i would i i don't know what i would do in that situation i i hope you're right so like <laughs> is it like the same idea it's like you see the sea split and they're like you know i haven't heard from like god in a while you know after that whole big thing we got out of egypt maybe you see ain't really there man I <laughs> digging that idea. Let's go burn some gold and let's just like make a cow. Yeah, you know? let's, let's just make a cow. Yo, literally, in the day before, a literal angel of death swept through the city. Mm. Yo, think like okay, I don't, I still have to rethink and like do like learn about like the whole biblically accurate angels thing. But like, imagine that circle thing of eyes coming down and killing the firstborn child. That no, no, you 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 look at that and you just be like, ha, 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 Jesus. <laughs> You're going like, hey, I'm not messing with that guy. Okay? 
So that, that was like, that's like 10 year old Daniel, like going through that. And you know, we have like modern day conceptions of, of like our versions of that, where we see like miracles happen in real life and then, you know, still have doubts later on. So like, that, that's a real thing that happened. Although not as supernatural, uh, I, I can at least say it, you know, my personal experience has not been that supernatural. Although I pray to God that one day it will be, but <laughs> like, it, it's that aspect of like, oh, what were they really thinking like what like how did you how do you see that and not just immediately like maybe because i'm we're i'm thinking of the aspect of somebody who's prayed my entire life right but how do you see that and just not immediately just start bowing like i'm just like nah nah fam not messing with that that one that one that's the one i i will say with the aggressive nature of me i probably would be like man i don't i don't i don't want to be here anymore like (laughs) you see you're like oh oh no <laughs> okay but like also like just like just think about it just you're seeing the, the ocean split. you're going through the ocean bro you're seeing the fish like on the side going like we like no no i'm looking up in the sky and we're like Yo, yahweh yeah that's the one guys that's it that's the only one nah I think it's truly like the perfect perfect representation of how God's like work in your life can seem like normal in everyday life. Like I'm sure there's miracles happening around us all the time. Like you've heard people say like, oh, I prayed and I found my keys right away or something like that. It's like that kind of thing, him actively working in our life, even like praying like, oh, please help me on this test. And he actually helps me. Like those type of things just become like normal like and there's so many things about god that has become normalized and i think for them they were almost expecting god to do all these things because they've been in slavery for so long to the egyptians and for when god finally was like okay here we go i'm getting you out they're just like yeah yeah you are get me out of here <laughs> like i am your people. like it's about time yeah. <laughs> like, I, looking- honestly, yeah, that's how i've always pictured it looking back on the Israelites, like, it's so obvious, like, what they were supposed to do, and we're just like, what the heck were you thinking in so many of these instances, because we can clearly see God working when we look back, but, like, put yourself in, like, those moments, and those days, like, whenever Moses went on the mountaintop, and, like, the Israelites were waiting down there for, like, days and days and days, 10 20 30 40 days like I still can't imagine myself like bowing down to a cow but like you have to you have to imagine like there was something there because all of them pretty much even Aaron was a part of it and like nowadays like Daniel was saying like you can compare that to nowadays I'm sure if we look back on our life we're gonna be like oh my gosh it was so obvious how God was working in my life at that instant or like where God was in my life but even though I didn't see it at the time because I was like absorbed in whatever else listen 40 years in the desert that would get you that would get anybody thinking you'd be like yeah 40 years ago i saw the, the sea split in half and 40 years ago mm-hmm. and like you're, you're you're coming into like already a new generation right like there's already like a new generation being made that they're like i didn't see that there's no way that actually happened grandpa's just spewing some crazy story that he heard or that he think he saw right so like later on it makes more sense but like it, it's still the that aspect of like because even now my parents tell me stuff that that happened to them and like especially like like years ago where I'm sitting there like did that actually happen though did that like 
like, did you really, like, do you, do you really expect me to sit here and believe that? Or like, do you, do you really, like, did that really happen? Or are you just kind of like making it a little, making it a little bit more skeptical, uh, like, spe- like more of a spectacle than like it really was. So like stuff like that, like, uh, I have never, like, for, this is a, a really specific and weird example, but like my mom, like, because my grandpa was a pastor, apparently in Cuba, he did some exorcists. And I have never, I have never seen an, any demons. I have never seen magic. I've never seen anything like that in my life, right? So my mom explaining that to me, and I'm just sitting there going like, was he just mentally ill or like, did, or did you just see, did you actually see this man like float in the air and like spew some Latin that I like that summoned some demons? Like, I don't know, but I wasn't there. So like that, that's like, that's my example, which is probably a little crazier, but like, I've never seen that. So I don't know if that's real. Right. So telling that to an atheist, especially they're going to be like, I think your mom needs to go to an asylum. That's what I need. Uh, she's saying stuff like that. So, like, you know, it, it's all relative at this point. If we really want to get into the supernatural, I have some personal stories from myself, <laughs> from seeing that kind of stuff. It is not fun at all, but. I'm chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... No, 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 let's, let's do it. But like, save it for another podcast. But yeah, save it for, for sure, for sure. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Our podcast. Question <laughs> um, <laughs> But with um, prayer, uh, I think that like, we in the Bible, we see certain like leaders in the early Old Testament is praying, like Moses is praying to God with the burning bush. I think you mentioned that, Darcy. Um, I think Aaron prays to God um, and also Joshua but yeah individual prayer like when did God give them like the tabernacle was that during that time or after yeah yeah the yeah the tabernacle was when the Israelites were in the desert okay because in the tabernacle there's like a space for people to like pray Mm. in the beginning like they have like incense and stuff so I wonder if that's where they did their like individual prayer but then also for every single like sabbath um they do a prayer with their families like to open and close the sabbath like that's like a ritual as well so maybe um that's where prayer is implemented maybe not so much a personal prayer but also not like uh just in like church prayer like yeah there might be some sort of individual conversation with god like with their families like mm-hmm. praying over the food yeah kirby i'm just wondering because again i'm not a theo- the- theologian uh, i am an idiot so is this all prior to jesus uh coming the first time yeah right right am i wrong, am I wrong? all right cool so, so yeah so essentially everything flips with jesus right like i'm i'm i'm, I'm piecing things together right everything flips and even the mentality of prayer and all that completely yeah. shifts once yeah. jesus is in play but now we just have god so yeah. no, 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 no 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 but here's the thing here's the thing this is what i learned oh, recently oh, i don't i, I don't i don't like the darcy head so that's my mind. <laughs> okay so obviously we believe in the trinity we believe that it's like three and one they're the same god but they're separate heads holy spirit jesus and god like the heavenly father um 
So even though I know that they're one, like I've always kind of seen the Old Testament as being God's like domain, like the heavenly father is the one that is speaking and acting in the Old Testament. And then I've seen the New Testament as being Jesus. But what was recently, what in Patriarchs and Prophets, again, what I recently learned, it's literally all Jesus. Like he's the one that is the bridge between us and God. He has always been the one who is like he and the Holy Spirit. Um, but Jesus has always been the one that has been the bridge between us and the Heavenly Father. Um, and I could get the verses if you guys wanted me to. I don't know if we want to get that deep on this podcast. But I could get the verses that Ellen White used in the book to show that. Um, but that's what I've learned. So not only is it like technically the same God that's in both chapters or both, what am I saying? Both um, testaments, but it's literally the same like God, part of the Godhead. So it's Jesus that is the one that is seeming to be, you know, so strict and like harsh with the Israelites. And then it's also Jesus who sacrifices himself to save the world and who um, like talks about loving your neighbor and is this, this more, I guess, quote unquote, friendly God that we feel like we can connect to more. Wait, so you're saying that Jesus, the same Jesus in the New Testament is the same Jesus in the Old Testament that was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna guys, I'm gonna keep you guys in the desert for another forty years because you guys are terrible. Like, yeah, the same, same Jesus who did like Sodom and Gomorrah, like, mm-hmm. is this the one that like talks to people? Like, whenever God is talking in the Old Testament, it's Jesus. So, like Sodom and Gomorrah, like maybe I don't know, maybe that's like just God, the Heavenly Father, or all three of them, just like acting on Sodom and Gomorrah but whenever God is interacting with humans in the Old Testament that's Jesus so like giving the 10 commandments to Mm -hmm. Moses okay yeah yeah okay wait so does that bleed into the idea of it being the three in one so like in all situations they're all speaking and they're all convening and they're all doing yeah they are they are all doing I think it's more of like like I said Jesus is like the bridge um he's because I don't understand God. I don't, I can't even begin to understand God, but I think it's almost like God, the heavenly father, like is so holy and so overwhelming um, and so sinless. And then Jesus being the one who accepted like becoming human and being the sacrifice for our sins. He's the one that's able to like directly talk to us. I'm he's just the relatable content. I'm talking off the top of my head right now based on what I remember reading. It, it, so that's such a struggling concept to have, especially as a Christian, because the main idea that we have, right, is is, is like the incorporation of Jesus with our humanity, right? With, with the, the human elements into it and the 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 lack it, it's some people would describe it as the lack of the godly powers that that what makes him human, right? And but he is still God. He's he's the Son of God specifically, and but he but he has that human element of being raised by a human mother and father, like living a human life, both sinless and perfect, and being the example of that. But him being the connection, him having that humanity, it, it's really hard to grasp because you're sitting there, you're seeing a perfect being, like up in heaven, however way you you think of God, and you're sitting there thinking like. That is a perfect person. That is, that is the absolute pinnacle of what perfect is. 
and you have us, his creation, who are supposed to be made in his image, being, you know, sinful and messing up. So Jesus coming down and having that humanity element, being able to show, I guess, the, the better, of a, like, from the lack of a better word, like, having more mercy to our eyes, like, seeing as him being more merciful and being nicer and, and showing us to be kinder to one another and being less full of wrath mm-hmm. is the way that I have, I've, have interpreted that so it's such a struggling concept because you're like did the human part bring that or was he or did he have just a special connection or is that special connection humanity i don't know that was that was was a concept that i struggled with earlier in my life especially in high school and what eventually the concept that kind of helped me smooth it out was the idea that the holy spirit is the third head and the holy spirit is what puts the right thing in our heads and create our moral background is like so we believe so we have we we've always had that human element in us but it always has to be reminded to us and the same way that it has to be reminded to us is the same way that god is the connecting force in that it's still god it's still god shooting that morality at us is that but at that time we didn't have jesus it's just we did not have jesus that's the only way i have been able to, to comprehend it and There's- if someone gets it from that Cool. But, but the thing is, he's, he's always been good. He's always like, he's always been the same loving, merciful mm-hmm. God. And even though we don't feel like we see that as much in the old Testament, that's like his actions on, on the Israelites are him being a good and merciful God and a just God. Like justice is a huge part of who he is. But um, what, from what I understand, you know, the Israelites were very important for God to work his plan in saving the world. Um, Cause you know, like he made Adam and Eve and then they sinned and then the world just like went really downhill from there. Um, but he kind of kept his like fire alight in people through the generations, through the centuries. Um, like there were like the line of people is like, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they kind of passed down this faith to the next generation to keep it alive through the generations. The Israelites, what he promised to Abraham was, you know, thousands and thousands of descendants. So the Israelites were what this, this message of hope and this message of um, like God's law and how to live life well and how to like love each other and to treat each other with kindness and what these these instructions that tell people what is right to do this was being passed on to the israelites and god was trying to use them to share that with the whole world so my explanation that is like helping me kind of deal with how strict i see god being and how harsh i can see god being in his actions with the israelites is that it was vital for him to keep them on the right path and as you can see they tended to go to the left and the right, like just like that, like leave them alone for a few days and they make an idol and they start like worshiping it and maybe practicing like pagan rituals, like cutting themselves or whatever. Like these are what they were seeing the nations around them doing. This was what was normal to them at that time. So God had to really be strict with them by telling them, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. And he had to punish them severely, like, you know, death, um, for certain, for a lot of things, it seems, um, because he had to kind of get in their heads just how wrong and how evil sin was, or else they would easily fall astray 
and his plan by for getting them to be the ones that carry his message like through the generations it wouldn't work it's also not only you did something wrong so you're getting punished but it's you did something wrong and you're going to lead more people astray if i kept letting this go on i think that's more important rather than almost the individual at a certain point because um if you if you if you let like if you let something run rampant and just let it destroy everything then there's no there's no point there you know what i mean it it ruins the whole batch Mm -hmm. so if you can stop like a disease before it kills everything then yeah yeah also just like a different perspective on it i've always like I've always kind of been like growing up, especially like I've always been kind of distant from the New Testament God and more like it was easier for me to grasp the Old Testament God because when I when I always thought about God, I think of like all powerful almost. So it's like it's hard for me to grasp him as like my friend versus thinking of him as powerful. So like when I think of him powerful and like kind of like OP superhero, honestly, just like completely like, it's just a lot easier for me to respect him in that form than respect him as like, oh yeah, this is my friend. Yeah, I can hang out with him whenever. Like, it's like a, it's like a different dynamic for me. And now I feel like the question that I would have like right after that is how do you and I start to like almost embrace the full like the fullness of God like how do I how do I see him in all that he is in how he dealt with the Israelites and how he presents he, he is presented in the New Testament like all these aspects of him how do I embrace all of that and how do you embrace all of like the respect that you have for him and the fear that you have for him like the fear slash respect um and like seeing him as this great thing but then also like seeing him as like a friend and a merciful god and how do each of us start to embrace and get to know and appreciate everything that god is Mm -hmm. honestly i can just say how like for me that was changed like in in college like through our my bible classes i was fully like i've always heard about paul but i was fully introduced to paul and honestly his like zealousness kind of like attracted me because i'm like okay i can understand this idea of like how he viewed god he was like oh yeah like god is going to destroy all these christians like all this stuff and so when i saw him and how he kind of was forced to switch into like a a more understanding loving even though he he kind of stuck a little Mm. bit to his like strictness it was easier for me to like understand that god is more dimensional Mm -hmm. um so maybe finding another character similar to that in the like old testament like a character who's struggling to find see god as like powerful in that way would help that transition Mm. Uh, for me, like I, I, I always go back when I think about God, the analogy of the teacher, mm. like, it, like I mean, like Jesus being like the 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 teacher among men was also like you know kind of an inspiration for that analogy. But 
for like the for me it's understanding that god's wrath is real uh from for my walking with, with god i i like to think of how uh adam and eve were supposed to originally have that like literally walking with god on the beach of, of uh the garden of eden and like being and having a relationship with him and that i mean that's genesis there so that, that was like the old testament and it was a nice nice thing to see after being told just years of just the wrath part so seeing that relationship with god especially in the new testament in genesis it kind of put me in the idea it's like god's wrath happens because we let it happen we he he, he doesn't want to do that to us he doesn't mm-hmm. to, he doesn't want to inflict his wrath upon us mm-hmm. and that that's the the caring part of the new testament that, that we, we we like to focus on but the wrath is still there it's it doesn't go away it's, it's still an aspect of god that exists so when we go and against the things that he wants us to we end up having like it's like that one meme where it's like oh look at there it's the consequence of my actions like <laughs> it's the same thing yeah, you, yeah. You deal with the consequences and I, I like to think with the teacher analogy is like god teaches us these things mm-hmm. we're supposed to learn them and apply it to our daily lives and if we don't there's going to be consequences whether we like it or not it, and i guess I, sorry i guess we have to realize that god is in an all-out war against sin like there this is a very serious thing it's not us it's yeah. literally just the sin like he doesn't want us to have that but we also have the idea of free choice and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to control us he wants us to give ourselves to him like willfully like through our own like using our free will seeing that like the, this is he's given us proof that these are the better options he's given us reasons why these are the better options there's literally the, the idea of sin happening is literally out of like selfishness, greed, you know, the, the seven deadly sins, whatever. And it's our own personal satisfaction. And while it may make us happy for like a split second, ultimately it's not what God wants for us. And we, we end up paying the consequences. So mm-hmm. that that's the idea of a teacher that I, that combines the new Testament and old Testament for me. It was like, God teaches us his lessons. And if we choose not to follow it, we will deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the main one for me. That That's how I piece it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a question. We, oh, go ahead, Delino. I was going to say, we live in a world where there's a, like, there's a judicial, a judicial system, there's a laws, and if you break those laws, you have to pay the price, which is, you know, a punishment, whether that means jail or whether that means, like, you know, there's a punishment for your crimes. And generally, if you follow the laws, your life's going to be easier. Your life's going to be more enjoyable, um, and it works the same thing. That that's what that's what God is putting in place. All the things He asks us to do is not necessarily to restrict, rather than to help um, give you a plentiful life. You know, and uh, making that decision to um, switch your mindset to focusing on the good things that will come if you just kind of uh, listen and un- uh, truly try to understand what God wants for you. That's where the switch will come and that's in that um, what Danny was talking about. Yeah, you live a happier life. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, that perfectly kind of like segues to my question. <laughs> um, like we do live in this, like this life of like with the judicial system and like right and wrong. So my question is, is God moral? What do you mean by that? Like, 
<laughs> Do you guys think God is like the way that he goes about <laughs> making his decisions? Is it what, like, is it moral? Like, is it, I don't, don't want to like feed too much into the question because I don't want to like give away my opinion or anything. When you say moral, like, I assume you mean the right way to do things or like the like good like being good and I would I would say yes I would also say um God isn't like tame like he's not always going to do things in the gentlest way possible you know but um I would definitely say he's moral and even if we don't understand like even reading the old testament even if I don't understand why God does something he does I just assume that's like a me problem. I have to figure out why he did that because I believe that he did it because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Could I get an example of God being immoral, please? Well, we have many examples that we've talked about so far in this podcast, <laughs> God could have been immoral. Like, hey, don't, instead of saying, don't have slavery, here's how you do it. <laughs> well, I, going back to the point of slavery there i think it's god and jesus have always spoke to the people in their lingo and their language and approached them at from what they know and if all the people knew at that time was slavery or if it was the normal and god needed a way for these people to truly understand what they're getting at he's he he would definitely have spoken to them in the language they would understand and if that's contextually talking about slavery and how they should properly treat slaves or um even in like the conversations that jesus had with the pharisees they would speak in the language of the times they were living in and even nowadays you're gonna see god in in uh conversations with other people so you will, God always speaks to his people in the language of their day. Mm -hmm. And so that's my, my uh, idea on that. But. So I have the idea to give to Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Yeah. So by fitting culture, does that make you moral though? Well, mm, this is the moral dilemma you're bringing in some way because the culture itself could be immoral, but just because it's the law doesn't mean it's moral. Being a law-abiding citizen does not mean you're being moral. You're doing the bare minimum for your location, but you're not being a moral person. You, you could technically argue that God giving us free will was the most immoral choice possible. <laughs> that's, that's really, that's honestly where that stems from. That whole idea and, and that whole question stems from the fact was God giving us the free will immoral? Because yeah. easy, like easy done, snapped, gone away, restart, start new humanity, right? But no, He loved His creation and, and wanted to wanted to save us, right? So I don't I don't think the idea that God and doing these things uh, like usually means that He's immoral. I think that He He's putting on to what humanity is going to work with, mm -hmm. and we are only going to work with sin. That is, that is yeah. what happens. Humanity. I was described and, and like it, it's just humanity is sin so god knows that that's how we're gonna work that's how yeah. that, that's the only way because if he tells us to be perfect like he has multiple times 
it gives us even an example of it we still mess it up we still mm-hmm. it's gonna happen we still somehow i can't we are morally corrupt mess it up. <laughs> just, yeah the so thing is like we are corrupt. we are so far below the line for how god intended us to live mm-hmm. he he's moral but he's also smart and he knows how he needs to lead us back up to that line so honestly okay so like the way i kind of got to this question is because i saw this like title of a book called um is god a moral monster the um god versus the old testament versus the new testament and i kind of just like while we're talking about it it just kind of made me thinking like what is like the definition of moral and i just kind of looked it up it's like it says concerned with um concerned with or relating to what is right or wrong in human behavior moral problems moral judgment um able to teach a lesson of how people should behave a moral story and i'm going to skip down to the last um definition of it able to tell right from wrong humans are moral beings see like that kind of stuck out to me because i think what god is trying to teach us throughout the whole bible is that we are not moral we cannot tell from what's right and wrong and that's why he has to literally tell us like mm-hmm. throughout the course of history, like I remember like setting the Mayans, they thought death was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. literally killing things was a beautiful thing. So it's like throughout history, we see different acts of like what is right or wrong. And so it's like, well, how do we know what's right or wrong? And then I've heard people say like, what about people who are not Christians? Will they be in heaven because they're doing the right thing and um, certain aspects like that. But I think the biggest difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and we kind of touched on it, is that God is trying to like create a foundation of what is right and wrong. And he's trying to create a moral background. And through that moral background, like that's where we can kind of build something. But when we start thinking that we know better than God, that's where the issue happens because he's literally creating it. So when we ask the question, oh, how is God in the Old Testament, like, oh, is he being mean? It's like, how can we judge him being mean when he's literally the one that told us everything we know about morality? Mm-hmm. Mm. Kirby, did you raise your hand on purpose? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I, I, I somehow, I, honestly, I do miss being in a classroom. Um, <laughs> I Oh, but I will say, is this like kind of argument for morality and all that, right? Because I'm going to slightly veer us off topic, but I feel like it's kind of has a point. What all this arguments about us not being moral creatures and this and that, is this kind of what the jumping off board for? And again, hear me out. Oh, God. I, well, hear me out by hearing out that I'm going to say something, but don't say that what I'm suggesting is good. <laughs> Does this uh, correlate with the idea of of why Satan is right? Say it again. I saw you guys all freeze. I was like, oh, I was like, is this the jumping off point of why Satanism exists? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. I don't. Think so. No, no, no. Wait, no. Listen, 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 listen. Like listen, the question listen, of listen, what listen. is moral? It's not. Yeah, because usually, like, for example, like, what Satanists, at least, like, not, like, what I what I know of Satanists is the idea of, like, it's in spite of, oh, we're, we're already bad, so why do we have to do anything? While, like, us as Christians, we actively work to be better 
morally and that's what god kind of veers on the path of being moral we're like say it is like uh we already i don't care i this is who i am and i don't really care about doing anything to better myself or better anything it's just what it is that okay this is what i'm not it's just, I'm just, just I, don't, I don't know if that's i just feel like there's a moral argument usually there yeah, I, don't, modern, I don't think this is the case. I think it's the idea that, at least from my conversations with like Satanists, have been like, "Oh, I don't like really believe in Satan. I don't think that he's real." I'm just like, "Why are you a Satanist?" He's like, "Cause it pisses off like Christians, specifically that reason. Like it, it makes them." Yeah, angry. No, that's the thing. Yeah, I know that. They, that. But then the also, idea, like the idea is less of like Satan is more of in spite, but then they also go to like, "Oh, I'm already a bad person. I don't really need to do anything about it. Whatever. I don't care." I don't, modern, think, I don't think that's how they, they do it either. Sorry, what? Good from my understanding of what like like um like modern Satanism is is um you decide your own moral compass and you follow that rather yeah. than have someone else tell you what your moral compass should be. And um, <clears throat> as a as a Christian, you know, I believe that I find my moral compass through what what God has shown me, whether that be in natural world or what or the Bible. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. It's interesting to see that kind of like uh, re- rebelling that the human human rebelling against um, what's almost like the perfect, you know, the 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 perfect moral compass that has been given to us. Um, yeah, I mean, we see like what how. Wait, what? No, that's like what Delano is explaining right oh, there. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. What I pretty much want. Yeah. I was just saying, like, we see how, like, I don't understand the point of choosing your own morals because <clears throat> don't like hasn't there been enough? Wait, I'm thinking too much now. No, I can't. No, no, Dar- Dar- okay. Darcy. In one hasn't word, there... it's just spite. It's it's just spite. It's... I don't. Mm, here, here's the thing. The main reason why I don't like the the use of like of specifically spite in that aspect is because. I, from at least the Satanist movement and like how I've, especially this has kind of been an upbringing from the atheist movement as well. Mm. It's, and not comparing Satanism to the same two, they can be and have similarities just like other religions, but like the aspect is that it's, it's kind of going against the idea of a God, someone else telling you what your morals are, someone else telling you what, how to live your life, someone else telling you <laughs> to do something that you know in your head and, and without the idea of religion it is right or wrong and especially the idea that we are collective human beings where we live in a society uh, yeah <laughs> we, we live in a society <laughs> we, we live as a group of people we live as a civilization that is further advanced and further evolved in to certain people and we're getting to the point where for some people they think that they are their own gods that they have since they have the the will because they have the the knowledge, they have the, the the mentality, the intelligence to do the things that they want to do. You are God. It, I forget what philosophy that applies to, uh, but it, it's essentially the idea that you are God. There's no, there's nothing out there. There's, forget all that. That life is a complex structure of things that are impossible to trace and track. And that it essentially is just chaos. <clears throat> Fine as humans, and because we are intelligent human beings, that we are we are the gods of the universe. We decide everything. So that that's how I've, I I I think spite is too simple. Because if it was just spite, it'd be everything against God. 
And I, I think it's it's more more nuanced than that because I think that the the idea that we are intelligent, right, comes from the God assigning us as, as human beings and creating us in his image is the main and as basically the guardians of earth, right? And how well of a job we've been doing of that. But as essentially we taking that and instead of saying it ultimately comes to like garden of eden and us eating the the apple right or we think we're god satan convinced us that we are we are god and i i don't i don't hold that judgment against i don't think i i don't think i have the right to hold that judgment i don't think anybody has the, the right to hold that judgment against anybody who believes that because that is ultimately what we got tricked into doing we, we were tricked into that we were literally tricked into believing that we are god so it, whether a person has that belief or not, I don't think it is spite. I think it is the, it's just the fact that like everything around them says that that is true because mm-hmm. we, we decided that. The, the, how we treat animals, how we have built ungodly technological advances, how we've built a society, how we have civilization has grown over through the years with like writing, art, uh, you have with mathematics, like physics, all that thing. It's like, we can attribute that to the human creation. Mm-hmm. Whether God influenced or not is our faith and our belief. But we were tricked to believing that that, that was without God. So yeah, that, I think <laughs> I think we we've accomplished a lot of things. That's for sure. Like humans have done a lot. But I think the big issue is that like God is literally trying to save us from ourselves, and ourselves are naturally self-serving and like and selfish and that's where a lot of the pain that we inflict on other people on other animals on the earth like on everything around us it comes out of like this self-serving like mentality but you guys both just came up with like you guys both said something that was very like okay sorry my brain okay so basically like you guys kind of both mentioned like animals and i'm just thinking about i just thought about how that could be another difference between god in the old testament god in the new testament because or like that concept right because in the old testament like he teaches them how to like okay these are the animals that you can eat this is how you do it blah 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 but i've heard a lot of christians um talk about god in the new testament where he doesn't it doesn't really show him ever eating meat he's cooked meat and prepared it for the disciples but it actually doesn't ever really show that he's actually ate it. There's like moments where like he possibly ate fish, but for Jewish people, fish is not considered meat, like in the kosher world, like fish, like on their plates, they're for Jewish people. They have plates that are for meat and plates uh, that are for dairy and they can't ever mix, but fish is not considered like a meat. So it's weird. Like why would God be over here? Like, you know, I mean, I think it was more for our survival, <laughs> honestly. I don't know specifically what those verses say and how that story goes out, but I think it was just eventually for our survival and like that we had to eat meat and and like how and how that kind of essentially played out. I, so why I would know. God create a a human that would need to eat another animal to survive? I, I was just about to get to that point. I don't know. Someone. I, I heard it all my life and you're, you're making me think about it now, but I, I heard my entire life that it was the reason why God gave us meat was to, 
to make us not live as long as possible. Oh, was interesting. Literally have us live short lives. I don't know how biblically accurate. He, like he allowed us to eat meat like right after the flood because that's all they had. But yeah. then like after that, we didn't like need to eat meat. And it probably, I mean, maybe it contributed to us not living as long, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think God had us eat meat so that we wouldn't live as long. (laughs) That's been the theory. And for some reason, that sounds pretty spiteful. Like, I want to kill y'all young. So let's. Well, well, the idea. Danila trying to stir the pot. Look at you trying to stir the pot with us and God. The the idea. Well, you can, you can act technically as that as God's mercy, right? He doesn't want us to live as long to see all the terrible things that humans do. Like we, in the span of what the average lifeline is like 70 years old in 70 years, you see some terrible stuff. Imagine being Noah living to like, what was it like 800 something seeing all that. But Noah ate meat. You don't think Noah ate meat? I think he did. Yeah. But I mean, compared to Adam Adam that lived what, like a thousand something years old or something like that. He was like, it was like just slowly going down. That's the theory. I have no (laughs) idea. I again, could not, I, that is just what I've been heard my entire life. And it's now clicking in my head. I'm like, is that in the Bible? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think so. From, from no what idea. I understand of the consumption of meat, it's also like, at least in the beginning, um, like when when uh, when God killed the animals for Adam and Eve to have clothes to wear, and um, right, He killed animals. Like, it was a a side effect of sin, though. You know, it's like a consequence of actions type thing. And I think that transitions onto the idea of um, any harm done to an animal as well, like like for consumption or for like even like the sacrifices that um, they did back in the day. It all pointed to the cross as well. So it's that idea of the sacrifice is a consequence of sin. Because why would God give Jesus that analogy of like being the innocent lamb, right? If it didn't, if the lamb didn't have already a, a significant meaning, right? If it, if exactly. the animal wasn't so important, why did God use it as a sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think that's also an important thing to, to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it all kind of just comes down to the idea of like what I was saying like way before just like it's hard like we're, we're coming at a place where we're trying to judge almost the person who's created morality the idea mm-hmm. of morality yeah and so when we start kind of be like wow like I know what's good I know what's right I know what's wrong why is God doing this why is God doing that it's like there's a bigger picture out there that I think mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. hard for us to see yeah. and like when it comes to like building up what morality means where is that blueprint from like and like how delano talked about earlier with our judicial system that comes from christianity like our our country of like america is built on like god and god we trust like a lot of a lot of the concepts have come from god um and if it wasn't like if we look at like um, the Vikings, they did sacrifices, human sacrifices every like seven years or something like that. Um, like, and that's something that like 
I can look at and be like, that's wrong, but not because of my own moral compass, but from what I see from like the Bible, what God's told me, like, okay, human sacrifice, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Killing each other, bad. <laughs> I'm going to step back to something that Daniel said a little bit ago, but um, the idea that, uh, oh, maybe God made ultimate like moral mistake by giving us free will right mm. um that's a tough that's a tricky concept because like if if he wanted to um you know if he wanted to not make us suffer he could have just made us like robots right mm. basically no no free will but from from at least from what i understand currently sin was going to happen right there was no way around it necessarily so the only way to truly stop sin from from ever resurfacing again was for it to happen and the best god will handle it in the best way possible which is there's going to be suffering because it's a consequence of sin there's going to be all kinds of things and it's all humans but in the end god will make sure in the end it worked out for the best way that he could make it so um the ultimate moral thing happened there and it's eradicating anything bad for eternity um that's how i see it mm -hmm. yeah. and this is this is kind of maybe a little bit off topic of where we were heading but it's like <laughs> related to what you guys were saying like what i just kind of realized um kind of circling back around to like the old testament god or like the 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 picture of god that we have where god is like so focused on being moral and like obeying the law and like the law is so important like god himself almost shows that the law isn't the point like when he makes human beings because he was he made us with free will he knew that sin was going to happen he knew that like our planet would be sick with sin. He he knew Satan was going to sin, but he didn't just completely wipe out Satan before all that happened because he valued love and free will over like people and beings and things being like perfectly moral and good. And he mm -hmm. valued he valued us and the love that he would have for us and the love that we have for him even before he made us over like us being perfect and the law being kept and all of that because he knew that the law would not be kept and like we would be immoral if he made us mm -hmm. that was just kind of a realization that i think is kind of cool yeah I, no, I it's, it's absolutely you. crazy i'm sorry what did you say what, what, what did you say daniel well uh, i i said the new testament i i love the 10 commandments specifically for that because i think it does ultimately encompass <clears throat> all of the things that we need to do that God really wants us to do that like overall like that th that is the the way to live a happy life I, that's how I see it right and we you know as Adventists we have like the uh, the, the special one where the seventh day is to keep it holy right so like that that's the 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 my that's that's our specific one and a lot of people like you know see that as Sunday and that's fine too but like even like even the something small like that, like just having one day to to God where you rest and and, and do that, like we're now seeing the implications of, of like we're we're seeing research and people talk about 
yo, I don't know what's going on with those Adventists, but they're living for a really long time and they're really happy. <laughs> Why? Why are they doing that? Oh, they actually take days off. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> thought? I mean, and LGY does the same thing with us too. Like, especially like we're now seeing the the resurgence of like you know veganism and, and eating vegetables and stuff like that, and, and having and maintaining a good, proper, healthy lifestyle. And like people are going like, man, if I don't eat junk food, you're telling me I actually have like a decent working body and I get <laughs> to like live longer to see my grandkids imagine (laughs) you know i'm saying i'm being sarcastic right now because i definitely don't follow those guidelines whatsoever (laughs) it's like it's an aspect of like yeah like we could know this information are we gonna really follow it nah Nah. i'm a living example of that because like i I know what's better for me am i gonna do it nah dude tacos (laughs) great yeah, honestly, I think it'd be so fun to do a podcast just about the Ten Commandments. I think that would be like really cool because I do like it a lot. Like the, it's just such a powerful like, I don't know, the gift of like rules, but like, <laughs> yeah, that is such a Danila sentence. That is such a Danila sentence. Like it's not like unironically. It is such a thing you would say. It's like oh, the gift of rules, right, guys? <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't even feel like I'm that much of like a necessarily a rule follower but I just like having some sort of guideline to follow like just so like like to have some sort of like path of some sort to follow yeah an instruction manual yeah just an instruction manual yeah and it's not <laughs> insanely long like either maps. yeah exactly Kirby's already looking at me like he's seeing like Daniel's eye twitching like how dare you make me do something i don't want to do how dare you i want to i want to step back a little bit more just for one second um in in the idea of um communing with god and jesus as a personal thing compared like new testament old testament uh one of the things i found interesting when i took um actually apostles class at southern uh was when paul was talking to the gentiles and the jews and this whole transition from jews being exclusive like the only people who would get G- or the salvation to that now being an open thing to people outside of like judaism and stuff that, which was the gentiles and there was this crazy count like like clash between the two the jews and the gentiles it was almost like the Jews didn't want to accept the Gentiles and the Gentiles felt pretty upset for that because there was Paul, the follower of Jesus, who um, was telling them, Gentiles are the same as you now. You know, they all have it. And that's because Jesus died, um, <clears throat> which opened that to everyone. Um, and I feel like that goes to the communication thing, too. Um, you know, they're no longer exclusive to um, the Jews or the Israelites. It's no longer exclusive in that way. It's now open to everyone. It's um, including communication. So Mm -hmm. I need to find my notes from that class, but there was some good stuff in there about kind of that idea of like how, how, um, how we are now, all of us are God's chosen people 
mm-hmm. instead of it just being like the Israelites or whatever. Yeah. Paul, Paul is great. Uh, I, I, love, <laughs> I love most of the things that he says and like, especially like, you know, he, 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 he gives you the guidelines that you want, especially there too. He gives pretty solid guidelines. Mm-hmm. So like, and I, I, I mean, I genuinely believe that like also th- that comes from the New Testament as well. And like, you know, Paul, Paul was being smart about it too as well. But like people that he, he was doing it. Peter, you know, Peter messed up a little bit, but we'll, we'll we forgive Peter. <laughs> but, I heard but, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone named Peter going like, huh? <laughs> but uh, like Paul in, in general was like the, the main force, I think, for Christianity, the, the main oh, aspect yeah. bringing oh, to like the world and then incorporating what Jesus really wanted for, for us, especially like mm-hmm. after he ascended back to heaven. So, like, yeah. in, in general, like, he, he gives us some good guidelines. He incorporates it for everybody. He removes the separation of Gentiles and, and Jews and essentially just gives us, like, the idea of, like, how to live a, a Christian life in in, uh, in a sinful world. So, like, you, we, we look at that and we're like, man, it's almost like it's the perfect plan. Am I going to follow it? Nah. 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 It's the same stuff over and over again. So, like, going kind of back to the morality aspect, it's yeah, like Danilo said, it's like we're we're judging the morality of someone who literally made like the the book of ethics. (laughs) Like, I mean, plenty of humans have gotten pretty close, right? That's why we have like different types of philosophers. We have like classes on ethics and like different virtues and stuff like that. Like, if if you take like just an ethics class or like a philosophy class, you'll see humans ending up coming to the same realization and sometimes it's a little bit more skewed sometimes you get some weird stuff in there uh so like you know it's, it's, it's not perfect and like that's why yeah, it's, just I'm mix like, an ethics class and a sociology class and watch it burn <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like watch it burn like the the morality like i mean i i feel like daniela is, is as much as she likes rules i don't feel like she likes being told by anyone exactly what to do especially if it's something that she doesn't necessarily agree with <laughs> and that, that's not just that you didn't think to me that's, that's most people right like yeah. if you tell somebody to do something they don't want to do they're going to be kind of you know i like, love rules by god but if you're not god don't tell me what to do <laughs> exactly, exactly right so like we have that that mindset but like a lot of other humans and a lot of other people have that mindset but for god specifically <laughs> god's telling me what to do I'm gonna specifically ignore that one, <laughs> and that's where that's where I think God and especially like His wrath start coming in. Where like you know we get revelations, and I don't think it's gonna be some fiery brimstone of hell or like you know the the scorching earth and like you know all that that good stuff. But it, it's still the idea that like those are the, gonna be the consequences of your actions, and like just don't be surprised when it happens. Like just ultimately, don't be surprised when it happens. And like with, I feel like with going back to the old testament and like seeing like what we consider unethical decisions like i think those were just i I think we're just saying that and we're really saying (laughs) god telling humans what to do that was ethical humans are already unethical you can't you can't make it more unethical than it already was so he's just working with what he's given like we we are like yeah uh, we're, we were just like, oh yeah, we're, we're going to be given, uh, 
we're going to tell God that we don't want to do his thing. He's like, okay, well, if you don't want to do it my way, we'll try to do it your way. It's still going to be messed up, but we'll try to do it the best way we can. <laughs> yeah. I think that was good because we kind of, we went, we went off track a lot of times during that whole thing, but it all ended up circling back around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all full circle. It's all coming back to me now. Right yeah. circle. Basically, there's a lot that we have left to learn about God. And as we all know, we're never going to know like the full, like everything about him because there's just so much to know, but it's kind of exciting to be able to keep learning things about him and I like I really like that he isn't just this like tame god that we can put in a box like even though he confuses me sometimes like the way he like does things and pronounces judgment or whatever like some things confuse me but I like that I he's not this like little safe god like he is he's god (laughs) like he's the the biggest power in the entire universe that there ever was and ever will be and um yeah and he and he loves us and he wants a relationship with us and we just have to trust that he will always have our best in mind and the best for everything Mm -hmm. and it's kind of cool that he's like what you're saying like that he isn't easily understandable because like for me like the most exciting things in life are not like sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> she brought sci-fi into it Check. Add, yeah. that, that should never be like a bingo board but this is fun i hope you guys liked it yeah I, I have fun. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would actually listen to it. <laughs> I, I, I sure would. had a good time. <laughs> I would. I think people would listen to it. I mean, people go to life groups and people attend Sabbath school classes. So why not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the bar. Someone... The bar, Delano. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm, okay. To any any potential listeners, if this is your version of life group. Please go to an actual life group, please. No, <laughs> come back right don't here. Substitute. You're the real no, experience. You, you can get something from this too. Just don't substitute this for a life group. Actually, have a discussion. The only like, difference talk to other people. The only difference is you're not getting credit. And that's for Southern. And that's why I left. Yes, yeah, <laughs> all quits, guys. <laughs> Wait, do we want to? That's how it went full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to end the, Do we want to end the podcast now, or do we want to include like how we feel like the first podcast went in the podcast? It has oh, been over an hour. Time? I say we can end it now. We I mean, can cut it off. Podcast bro. like like one and a half to two hours now. So I mean, like it, it is just whether somebody's gonna watch this or not. Wait, hold on. Well, not watch. I, listen. Wait, should we say bye or something or like? <laughs> Bye. We were the lovable idiots. We uh, goodbye. Check out. Boom. Bye. <laughs> oh my God.